the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. Welcome to the Free Indeed Podcast, where we believe in freedom, reaching everyone, everywhere. Here's your host, Mike Hansen. Welcome to episode 22 of the Free Indeed Podcast. 22 episodes in. Wow. And now we're... Deuce, we're deuce. I know. And... Uh, for the last two episodes, including this one, Kirk has not looked up the meaning of a of, of a number. So that's because I'm watching a football game on my phone right now. So. Oh, see, his phone yeah. is occupied. So yeah, yeah, we're half. We're mostly here. We're pretty much here talking to each other, having we're a good here. time with this. We're definitely here. <laughs> but, we're, but as far as looking up on my phone, yeah. yeah. So you having a good afternoon so far? Tune in next time, and I'll, I'll tell you the number of okay. the meaning of number twenty three. If you want to look it up, okay, maybe the episode twenty three. We'll see. All right, then. Deal. We're going to dive right into it this time because uh, this um, I'm really curious on this one because it's something I've been Me too. wanting to uh, talk about and something that I've had to deal with so often. Uh-oh. Um, is that is that it, foot fungus? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Kirk, how do you get rid of foot fungus when it's... No, that's not the question. Yeah, that's, that's not good. You don't have to worry about that as much out here in the West. That's true. I do have to say. Uh, <laughs> so... Um, Here's the question. How do you relate to women so your mind and actions stay more pure? How do you relate to oh, Wow. Wow. Um, man, that's – ouch. Um, how do you relate to women? I'll unpack it more as I go, but I wanted to Ooh. just start there just in your everyday relating to women. Oh, wow. Um, man, you just got to change your heart. You know, today men – are conditioned from the time we're boys essentially to objectify women and to see women as a means to an end, to see women as something in order to get something. Um, and, and that's unfortunate because, you know, we have a generation of, of guys, a generation of males, future men and present men, that that's all they know and that's all that they are and that's all that they, you know, that that's just reality. And so... Unfortunately, we kind of have a baseline of, and I think women are experiencing that today in terms of they're just, they're feeling like objects. They're feeling like in the workplace or, or in whatever, they're feeling like objects and they're feeling like they're not good for their value or their worth. And so <clears throat> I think in my, in my world, in my mind, I mean, I literally, I, I think yes, I've had to work up the on, world of your mind to us. Oh, Kirk. that's scary. We don't oh, want yeah. that at all. This is not going to be um, visual people. So. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we just, we, we have to change our heart, I believe, in terms of how we see now, particularly in, in my case, I have gotten to the point where I see, when I see a woman, I first immediately, and, and this takes, man, it takes so much effort sometimes, it takes so much work, um, because, you know, sometimes women don't present themselves as much more than objects. Um, unfortunately, and maybe that's, you know, a byproduct of being objectified. I don't know, but it's, it's hard to do because, you know, I think sometimes, uh, the presentation kind of leads to an easy outcome, but I've had to condition myself to see a woman and almost see her in the context of, um, almost see her in the context of, of, um, of her value and her worth and just get to the point of, 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 of praying for her and 
Sorry about that, people. Yeah. <laughs> that was Mike. That wasn't me, but he's going to edit this anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, That's funny. So, you know, to see her as as, as, a, as a person, as a gift, as, as somebody's daughter, as somebody's potential wife, as somebody's, you know, sister. I mean, I have three daughters. And so I have to, you know, I, in a way, I have to be a feminist in terms of what their future going to look like. I also have a son. And so in a way, I have to be a masculinist, if that's a word, in terms of what his future is going to look like. So, um you know, but in, but I think now when I see women, when I see a female, um, I have conditioned myself, and it's taken me some time. I've conditioned myself to see her as as a person and not a thing, to see her as a as a a, a being and not as a what she could be doing or what she should be doing. Um, to see her as as somebody's daughter. To see her as my sister, literally to see her as my sister. And sometimes that means when I'm in certain places, you know, and and I see that pair of yoga pants, let's just be real. You know, I got to condition myself to pray for her immediately, not pray for her like pity, but just, just pray for her heart. Just, you know, whoever she is, not pray down to her, but literally just Lift her up in prayer. It's hard to lust after somebody you're praying for. Exactly. It's possible, yep. but it's hard to. Yep. You know, just, you know, Lord, you know, just, you know, please, you know, my sister, I just pray for her. I pray for her heart, anything she might be going through today. Um, you know, I pray for her state of relationships, Lord. I pray for her, you know, her past, her relationship with her father, with her mom, with her siblings. Lord, I pray for her um, her virtue. I mean, just find ways to just pray for her as a being. Um, just pray for her as a soul, as, as a soul. I mean, she's, uh, you know, she, she's, you know, she, she's something made special. I mean, women are the, the, the cradle of, of the universe in terms of the future. And so her femininity is a gift to my masculinity and, and us as masculine beings have to get to the point of seeing women differently. I choose to see women as something or someone specifically as an entity that I choose to want to cover and to provide for and to protect and to nurture and to lift up and all those kinds of things. And so, um, so I think, man, but it's hard though. It's hard because like I said, man, sometimes it's just flat out tough based on just the way, you know, the, the way sometimes, you know, women can present themselves sometimes, you know, the hardest part to keep your salvation or you're not your salvation. The hardest part to keep your mind on worship is in church, (laughs) Because sometimes the worship leader, you know, sometimes the worship leader, the the woman on stage, you know, as she has her hands raised, <laughs> praising God, you know, she's showing me something I don't need to see right now, you know, yeah. and, you know, fashion today dictates, you know, with tights and leggings and yoga pants and all that kind of stuff. I, you know, I'm not up to telling people how to tell women how to dress. That's on you. But at the same time, we got to understand that, you know, you could be, especially, if you're in that kind of position, you know, you could be causing your brother to stumble. Yeah. And so you said it, it took some time Yeah, from the, the, the moment of, or not the moment of just that transition into freedom. Uh, cause there's a freedom that happens on the inside because we're free from having to be enslaved by constantly seeing women as things to be consumed or people to be consumed. Uh, cause that's exactly what pornography does it it creates a consumption mindset uh and it creates a mindset that just sees everything around us as something to benefit me uh 
Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I part of what I want guys to get as well. If you're in this right now, like I think about work. I work in a place that has um, I, I don't know the number. It's at least ninety percent women, um, and that's probably something that's uh, going on with guys who work in those environments where there's a lot of women around. Um, and you're with women on a regular basis, um, to think of them in a more pure way. And you named a couple of ways to do that. You, you named a way that you said, I pray for them. I pray for their you know relationships. Um, and you also mentioned about just the change of, of heart as well. Um, when we see the, the world around us, not as an entire world to be consumed, but a world to serve, um, and how to serve uh, the how to serve women out there, and that is by by praying for them, maybe without them, of course, even even knowing it. Um, that's been a struggle. That's why I asked this question, just because it's constantly something I'm um, pushing up against as well. Is just trying to not let those thoughts uh, tumble, not to let those thoughts um, kind of morph into other just. For, I can't think of another word. Fantasies. That's what happens. Guys see something and there's a trigger, there's a fantasy. This is usually the cycle because I know this cycle. You see something, you think about that woman, you think about the fantasy that could be you and that person, and then you try to go find it online. Um, and that's the cycle that you know continues that consumption loop. Yeah. Um, and trying to break that loop, that's the challenge because yeah. it's the biggest battle we'll face is is within us. Yeah. Yeah. You know that you're right in terms of that looping. We being conditioned. Um, when I was heavily involved with pornography, you're right. My soul, my spirit, my mindset, my eyes, my appetite, my desires, my everything was trained and trained and trained all day, every day for hours a day to consume, to consume, to consume, to consume. And then, yes, it's all about what can it do for me. And when you train yourself to consume, you'll consume. Whatever you consume, you gain an appetite for. And whatever you, get, whatever you have an appetite for, you consume. And so, you know, when you stop consuming, you actually realize that your appetite for that thing, you know, maybe fades off or goes away. Now, I don't ever want my appetite for my sexuality to fade and to go away, but I do want my appetite for how that manifests itself in my life to change completely. And so, yes, stopping the objectification, stopping the consumption makes you a better suited, better equipped to, uh, to not see women uh, when you see them in public as just another thing for me to consume, like Pac-Man eating up dots. Um, I think that I think a lot of it comes down to how you train your heart, how you train your mind, you know, when you see a woman or a man, I guess if that's your flavor, but how you see people in general and just people in general. I mean, consumption is not even just sexual consumption. I think we consume each other as people in relationships all the time. You know, we just live with what can you do for me? Not what can I do for you? How can I serve you? We just live with what can you do for me? And so, you know, that, that changes a lot. But like I said, in the state that I am now in terms of, you know, having, having cut off, uh, you know, pornography for however many years it's been at this point, um, especially broadband internet pornography, broadband, not old school VHS, DVD magazine, but today's broadband where it's unlimited quantity, unlimited amount. You know, I've been there. We've been there. I mean, there are some people out there that have not been there and they, you know, they are, you know, the anti-porn kind of guys and, you know, they know, 
you know, they, they their perspective of, of porn is is more the the hard media as opposed to the soft media of uh, of the internet. So having that level of consumption and then not, it just helps me change the way I see. And I still see pretty women. I still love the shape of a woman. I mean, I'm still very heterosexual. Um, that is not in question. And like I said, I never want that to go away. But what I absolutely don't want to remain is my flat out blanket mentality of just consumption, even visual consumption. I mean, that's you can get to the point where you can be standing in a checkout line and you can just be just ravaging somebody in your mind. I mean, and that's that's not healthy. That's not healthy. That is not that's healthy. Not healthy at all. I mean, and you know, being tempted is one thing. A lot of guys struggle. And I think we talked about this in the past too of the just temptation. That first look. And thinking, wow, you know, ooh, that looks good. I mean, let's talk, right? Let's talk guy stuff. You know, that first time you look and be like, ooh, I like that right there. I mean, that right. thought that goes to your mind, you probably can't stop that thought. That just one that just pops into your mind. Because well, that, we're noticing. That's what, right. how we're built. We're noticing right. stuff around us with our sight. We're wired that way biologically. God made us that way mm-hmm. um, to be hunters and warriors and that sort of stuff. So we're and, and reproducers. So we're made that way. Now, that second, that third, that fourth look or to the point where you're not even looking no more. She already exists in your brain and you've created an image and you're already you're already doing stuff to her. Um, that is, that's a whole nother level. That's a whole nother level of that's when it becomes consumption. And then, like I said, especially these days, you know, having, having three daughters, um, you know, having one graduated college, one in college and and one in middle school, about to go to high school. I'm just like, oh, I'll see my daughters. And I'm just like, I just, just, seeing my daughters just makes me want to go punch some fool in the face. (laughs) Because, I mean, because I'm like. Because you know what guys out there are thinking. I know know the way guys are. Exactly. And my daughters are beautiful. Um, And so I just, you know, just, just, it literally just makes me mad. I just want to go find a guy and punch him in the face just because. And, And at the same time, I can't judge that guy because. You know, all truth be told, I, I was that guy, you know, for most of my life. Um, and, and unfortunately, that's the way guys are. When I hear from my daughters what what guys, even kids, you know, expect from them, it's 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 horrific. It's absolutely horrific. I know we had a we did have a whole episode on, you know, not I was trying to find the just go find the list of episodes. It's the how come or why can't we consume our way to porn, pornography freedom? Um, you also brought up another piece here too. We've talked about this before because when we talk about freedom, we're talking about freedom of the whole person. Right. And um, clearly Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, that if you commit adultery with her in your mind, you've already committed adultery. And that's where all of that ever starts. It's in the mind. Uh, so this freedom is a much deeper freedom. And be, you can be completely abstinence, have abstinence from pornography and yet have your mind run rampant with fantasies. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, yeah that is still not a place to linger. Yeah. Yeah. Starving and fasting are two totally different things. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, absolutely. You can say, well, I haven't looked at porn or whatever. Yeah. But every time you go to target, you know, you, whatever. I mean, and so is what, yeah. I mean, having that man, just having that mentality of walking around, just consuming women and, and you know, porn is the only drug that never fully gets out of your system. Yeah. It's always in your brain. And so with us as guys, we can recall some scene that we watched years ago. Oh, yeah. And so, I mean, that that's Decades. just it's the only drug you can do in your sleep because of that. And so you have to get to the point where you, you are free and freed up in every way, not just free, but free indeed. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, 
hint. Um, but uh, but to the point where you know where just even your desire to objectify is gone, and I think that's probably the that's probably the best offensive weapon to not being hooked in porn is your ability to be free from even the desire to objectify. I mean, if objectifying women turns you off, then the odds of you looking at porn are pretty slim to none. Right. Because you have to objectify women to look at porn. Yeah, you do. And that's, um, it's, it is a, um, I think it's a measure of some success in, mm-hmm. in freedom. It's a, it's a milestone Yeah, when you can know that, uh, you've, you're not always seeing women in that way. Um, I can say that I'm still in a, in that way doing some of that. And I always catch myself though. I mean, in the, in there's past when I would not catch myself. Yeah. Um, and I know that for a fact, and there's been changes. I am just putting it out there for guys to let you know that there, there's a, you can change this. Um, it takes discipline and it takes time. Um, it, we're hoping to offer a, a way for you to help with this, but it takes discipline and it takes time um, I was listening to something this past week and this guy mentioned how his dad, and I know you've brought this up too, but you know, birds can fly over our heads. Um, but we don't want birds to make a nest on our head. In other words, you know, thoughts can go around us, go into our head and, and leave our head, but we don't want them lingering in our head and start thinking. And when we start thinking, then we start seeing things. That's, that's, that's the difference. Something comes, yeah. something goes. Yeah. A thought is a noun. Think or thinking is a verb. Exactly. And so the thought is something that can just kind of come and go. But what you do with that thing, whether you take action on it, is something totally different. I can tell you that, some, you know, again, keeping it real, you know, sometimes, man, I do get tempted to, to look at porn. Like, sometimes, man, I want to look at porn. Like, man, I sure missed that. That was good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not even going to act like, I, you know, I never have that temptation. But I tell you what, I never have the desire to objectify a woman. Like I, I'm never tempted. I mean, to me, that is the thing that keeps me. And I've never actually thought about that until just now. But that's the thing that keeps me, um, whatever word you want to use, sober, clean, whatever. I don't pure. I don't like to get that. Apple. Even clean. I don't like to get use that word. But that's what keeps me from looking at porn is that I refuse to objectify a woman. So, um, so yeah, now that I think about it, I think that is probably my biggest weapon in terms of staying free from porn is that I no longer have a desire, not only a desire, but it, it disturbs me to think of objectifying a woman. Hmm. What about the guy with the wife who can think those thoughts and those fantasies and even sometimes live out those fantasies in a healthy relationship with their wife? Is that a good thing? What do you mean? I mean, you're not objectifying your wife in that sense, but what about the guy who, okay, I want to look at my wife in that sense. Uh, I mean, is, Hey man, you know, who am I to get in between a guy and his wife? I mean, as far as I'm concerned, and if I'm not mistaken, I think even biblically speaking, it's pretty clear. I mean, if it's cool with you and your wife, man, it's cool with God. I mean, it's, if that's how y'all get down, get down. You know what I mean? (laughs) What, what, I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, if that's, you know, if that's all within the bounds with the marriage now, you know, Ideally, and hopefully the two of you kind of have some level of trust and some level of whatever that, you know, if she feels cheapened or lessened, then again, you would not want her to feel that exactly. because you don't want to objectify that. So, I mean, if she, I mean, if she can honestly tell you that she feels 
you know, that she feels okay, you know, with being, with you having those kind of desires or thoughts towards her, mm-hmm. then okay. But if in her heart of hearts, if she feels lessened or cheapened, and I think maybe, again, I'm I'm not married and in that scenario, so I can't speak to that specifically, but, you know, I would imagine that, you know, if, if she feels valued and feels uh, treasured, like that's not all you want from her. I mean, and, yeah. and it's healthy and there's balance in the relationship. And she knows that you cherish her and you adore her. And, and she knows that you, you're, you know, you serve her and you protect her and you, you, you love her passionately and all those kinds of things. If there's balance in that, then, you know, and, and she's okay with it, then cool. But I mean, if any part of her feels lessened or cheapened, then you're objectifying her as a woman as, as just an object. And no guy should see any woman, let alone his woman, as an object. Yeah. In a good relationship, a healthy relationship, you're able to communicate where that is, how that is, you know, you know, about, you know, what is healthy and what works. Uh, years ago, I heard a, uh, one of my um, college professors mentioned the title of a book. It's a really provocative title. And it's a book that was published back in the, I think, 70s, God Invented Sex. And it it's clear that God invented men and women to be together and uh, husband and wife to be together um, in that intimate way. Um, and obviously, and the reason why we're doing this pork, uh, was podcast is because uh, we don't want there to be any unhealthy relationships. And that is the relationship with pornography is not healthy yeah. because it's all one way. And guess what? A relationship without sex is unhealthy. Oh yeah. I mean, I mean, yep. you know, that health is mind, body and spirit. And so I think if you have a relationship, I mean, you know, again, he's for me to say I'm, I'm the guy that's not married, but you know, I would challenge that, you know, you would probably be hard to find a professional anywhere that would say that a sex less marriage, a sex less relationship that way is healthy. I mean, uh, yeah, I, that's part of the way, and that's a deep a way that we are deeply made for deep connection is that kind of way. So there's a physical outlet behind that. You know, I I know a couple that, um, you know, they do counseling of other couples. They do counseling of ministry leaders, and they are, they're from France. <laughs> um, I know uh, you're talking they, about. But they are very into the sexual dynamic between a couple, even couples in ministry. I mean... <laughs> You know, it was one point where I, you know, I was having a conversation with them and they even talked about how, you know, a couple in ministry, let's say, say for example, um, uh, 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 let's say the husband is a pastor or even the wife is a pastor and preaches or after any kind of ministry, um, I don't know, opportunity, is that the right word? After any kind of ministry act that they recommend the couple have sex immediately or as soon as possible. Like in other words, if, if a pastor preaches like as soon as possible, they need to go have sex. I mean, if, if they do, as a former pastor, I agree with that. If they need to go do any counseling or anything like that, even together, even if they do ministry together, like right after you do ministry, you need to go. I mean, I I mean that they're just very passionate in that because of the deep bonds and the deep, Yep. Uh, covering of sexual and the sexuality spiritually. So, so yeah, I mean, I think, you know, a, a relationship where there's objectification and, and, and unhealthy sexuality would be an out of balance or unhealthy relationship. And at the same time, you know, a relationship where, you know, sexuality is not part of the relationship at all. It's probably would be considered by most to be fairly unhealthy. Now in the great, in the great 
um, balance of it all. Man, if you could have a relationship that's deeply spiritual, deeply emotional, deeply mental, and deeply sexual, and you can, you know, have fun with that, you can play with that, you can explore that, and you can connect on all those different levels. I mean, to me, that would be the fan. That's the thing I'm looking for in life. I mean, that would be fantastic. But, but back to the point, I think it is possible that, you know, a husband can see that with his wife and experience that with his wife and it'd be unhealthy if she is not right. totally on board with that. I mean, in a lot of wives, a lot of wives of porn users feel like, um, you know, when the husband comes to have sex, it's just, he's using her to masturbate that he is not, you know, that he is not actually connecting with her sexually. He's just using her as an outlet. And so a lot of women feel cheap. They feel dirty when they know that you're looking at porn and, and still coming to bed wanting to have sex. And that's why a lot of wives don't want to have sex. That's probably one of the biggest obstacles for her wanting to have sex when she knows that you're looking at porn because of her insecurities and because of what you're bringing in and, and all those kinds of things. And now we're speaking on behalf of women, but a lot of wives listen right. to this podcast. Yes. Um, I'm just circling back around to just this uh, idea of how do we control what goes on inside of our minds? You know, when we're surrounded by or talking with or interacting with women on, a, I suppose, and even on a regular basis, it doesn't even matter if it's regular. It's just maybe someone passing by. Um, what was, did anything help you maybe before it became internal for you where your mind couldn't, you really couldn't turn the mind off where everything went. Was there anything that helped you, um, not in the mind, like in your body? Did you, I know one time we talked about, um, many times, I suppose if you're tempted to look at porn, do some pushups, yep. you know, do some physical activity, get out of that context. Uh, if you're in a place where you're finding yourself, fantasizing about this woman in front of you, wherever she is, get out of that context, do something. Like I said, pray. Yeah. I mean, if you're, if you're a prayer, if you, if you're a believer, um, pray for that person. It's very difficult to, it's very difficult to fantasize, um, in some kind of unhealthy way about somebody that you're praying for at that moment. It's very, it's very difficult to lust after somebody you're praying for. And I mean, you know, and it doesn't take a whole lot to just be standing next to somebody. And when you catch yourself with that second or third look, it, it's, it's, you know, it, it doesn't take a whole lot. You don't have to stop and make a big scene, but just pray for it. Just pray for this person, this, 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 this woman, this beautiful woman, you know, pray for her, you know, her life, her relationship, pray for her career. If she has one, pray for her, her heart, just find a way to pray for her. It probably only take you a couple minutes because at that point you'll be moved on anyway. One of y'all will be gone out of the space or the other, but just pray for it. Just get in the heart of praying for it. So yeah, that's the equivalent of doing pushups. Yeah. Mental, mental change. It's, it's all about, I think, breaking that cycle. Mm-hmm. Cause I know you, your presentations are about just, here's the cycle. Here's the cycle. How do we break the cycle yeah. or how do we create a healthy cycle? As and in that case, to- it's taking thoughts captive. Yes. Yes, it in is. that case, it absolutely is. I mean, that taking that thought again—that thought is a thing. Taking that thought captive, taking action on that thought. What do you do with that thought? What do you do with that thing? What do you do with that now? What action do you take? Do you take it captive, or do you let it take you captive? Do you think on it, or do you actually take action on that and turn it in the right direction? Yeah, and so um, I would just want to reinforce: all of this is a choice, right? Uh, I believe addiction is a choice. Um, when you get into the realm of substances and alcohol, sometimes you get to this chemical dependency, but that's not quite the same with, uh, with pornography. Cause you're not talking about a substance. You are talking about substances in the brain, but 
all of this is a choice as I get it, as I understand it. Choice around uh, how do we treat the people around us? How do we treat the opposite sex, um, even if they don't even know it? Um, and it's all about how do we choose to, or what do we let into our mind, even if we can't let, uh, even if we can't choose what we see because of, we just got to live. Um, but what we let into our mind and what we let linger in there. Uh, you know, and at some point, it's not even just letting into our mind. It's what we let into our heart. Yep. You know, and I think even Jesus said, you know, if you've, you know, lusted after a woman in your heart. I mean, if you've already had her in your heart and you've already committed adultery. So right. it, it, it's something it's something about when it goes from your mind into your heart, when it goes into your chest, when you begin to consume her. You know, like like you consume food from your head into your belly. When you consume someone from your thought into your heart, it makes that eighteen inch journey from your head down into your chest. And when you when you consume this person in your heart, that's when it becomes uh, unhealthy in a big time way. I agree. So uh, there's hope, guys um, and ladies out there. Uh, there's hope. Um, there is definitely you can change from the inside and our best suggestion, and you know this about us as a ministry, um, this is uh, to do it with God um, and to let other people do it. Listen to the previous episode when it comes to counseling and have somebody listen to what's going on on the inside. Uh, do you have any other thoughts here, Kirk, as we finish up? No, nah, man, I think um, yeah. if you look at my daughter, you can expect to turn around and see my fist coming straight at your face. <laughs> just saying. Okay. Just keep that real. Thanks for everybody for listening to the Free Indeed podcast. Thanks for listening to the Free Indeed podcast. Visit freeindeed36.com for more resources with deeper information and upcoming events. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery.